from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. Somewhere in the heavens, your great Grammy Gertrude is crying because her little Bebo is listening to this film. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. May, your five-year-old neighbor have all their violin lessons during all of your hangovers. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. What happens if you get scared half to death twice? Hmm. I may never know. If you enjoy two dispatches and a microphone, you'll definitely enjoy a shovel to the head. All aware of the Amber Alert, right? Well, get rid of your disinfectants and rubber bedspreads, kids. It's the all-new Amber Herd Alert System. This fantastic early warning device helps one stay dry and rid of all those annoying mattress invoices. Simply hook up to child under six or psychopath and wait for the running water sound. This clever machine has three distinct settings, Babbling Brook, Ocean Waves, and Roaring River for those close calls. Order today and get a free Cinnabon Renewsit cartridge. This is Two Douchebags and Microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. So, Rob, how you doing, man? It's almost Christmas. Uh, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then, of course, Christmas will follow it Monday, this Saturday night. Um, you got any big plans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, we're going up to my brother's and have a dinner up there. And then Christmas Day, my daughter and grandson coming over. Cool. We're going to have dinner here, so yeah, that's been a busy couple of days. It's actually been a busy week for being on vacation, man. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to go back to work already. And I've still got another week and a half. <laughs> You're not the only person I've heard say that that's had a little vacation. Yeah. I've heard a few people go, hey, I'm ready to go back to work. I do less. So, <laughs> and, and you work your ass off, of course, too. But, no, I feel yeah. the same yeah. way sometimes, too, so. Yeah, it, it's just uh, never ending, you know. Um, always got something you got to do, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the good—I mean, the good thing is I'm catching up on some stuff around the house here. But that is it's good. Not what I want to be doing, you know. Good. How's the Duck Blind Studio going? I see you got you got the new Yinling. Um, um, I forgot what it was. Yeah, it's a it's a Yinling pail. A pail. Like a metal pail. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, yep, I got. Yeah, it, it, it's getting there. Cool, I got I'm some. Hoping to have, I'm hoping to have everything put together next week. Oh, cool. That's good. Well, yeah. I, I'm getting things together. I got to come up with another guitar stand to house my Flying V that I got, uh, what, about a yeah. month ago or whatever. Because the, the stand that I have is not for a Flying V, and I forgot that they 
take different stands because of the shape of the guitar. So I tried to put it on the stand and make it look all cool in the corner. I'm like, oh shit, it's not going to work. So anyhow, I'll, fig I'll figure that out. I'll get another stand and it'll look really cool in the corner. Um, and I've been getting things shifted around here and trying to make the talk as cheap studio look a little bit cooler. And, and right. any anyhow, still working on that. So, and going to work and all that good shit. So, um, anyhow, um, I was reading how a popular podcast have, has become, right? And right, our, right. ours ours has been doing extremely well. Our listenership is way up, and it was already wasn't bad. I mean, so we're very happy about that. Thank you, everybody. We hope we can continue to make you happy and make you want to listen and tell your friends. So, anyhow, this yeah, is uh, this is this is what I've got from the podcast popularity report, and this has uh, been published online in several different. Um, um, online mags or something or pages if you will uh, about broadcasting in general online broadcasting so so um, okay back in 2006 only 20 22% of adult population in the US were aware of podcasting by 2022 this figure has rose to 79% so in 2006 22% Knew, only knew about podcasting. The rest of the people did not. Then, um, as of last year, 79% knows about podcasting. So that's, a, that's a significant number, especially with people that are older that aren't necessarily into any type of uh, online listening or anything, right? So right, right. That, that's a pretty amazing statistic if you think about it. And it isn't really that long of a time to make that big of a jump. So podcasting, it, no, it's it's uh, really become, uh, like I always said, yesterday's technology today. This stuff has been around forever, but it's just now they found a, a true worth for it. It's really cool. Podcasting is an increasingly popular pastime in the U.S. with over 82 million people listening to podcasts in the year of 2022 22 uh, 82 million that's a pretty damn good <laughs> that's a pretty good number yeah that is the covid pandemic was a real shot in the arm for podcasts no pun intended many people grounded during the pandemic uh, cited podcasting as a faithful companion with most still on board with their uh, favorite shows so the people that podcasting has gained during the COVID where everybody was locked up and they had nothing to do but listen to podcasts because I was one of them, man. You know, I went to work and then you really couldn't go anywhere after work or anything. Nothing was open. So, you know, went home and listened to podcasts or did, you know, other, other tasks. But, you know, you got tired of doing tasks and you just wanted to relax. And a lot of the podcasts that I started I cracking into then, I still listen to. So, um. Okay, so with all the vehicles Bluetooth ready and many car companies letting go with traditional radio um, podcasting and internet streams seem to be the future. And the reason I say that is because uh, the latest hubbub was uh, um, the the newer cars aren't putting in AM radio. Did you know that, Rob? No, I didn't. Yeah, 
a lot of cars are just scrubbing AM radio completely. They're like, no, nope, we're we don't want it. We're we're uh, we feel that nobody wants AM radio anymore, so it's not even available in a lot of cars. So if you have an AM radio station you like to listen to, I like to listen to some local sports stations, and most of them are on AM in Kansas City. So um, my my Jeep does have an AM feature, but if it didn't, I would have to go to the internet to pick up the streams. Um, yeah. Advertisers love the retrievable data, as well as a target audience is easily proven without having to buy extremely expensive monthly report cards. So, anyhow, um, okay, uh, like the uh, Arbitron or um, Nielsen ratings is what they are now, um, you have to subscribe and pay a lot of money just to prove that these are your ratings and a lot of smaller stations don't because it costs so much to subscribe to the service that they just don't even do it and they they get around it you know they're like you know what hey we have a really good listenership and we'll introduce we'll introduce you to our advertising at the slow rate and if it doesn't work then you know what and you, you can just get out no contract or whatever a lot of people just aren't messing with nielsen ratings because they're so expensive uh, it's my understanding. That's what I understand is going on. So, um, you know, if you have a podcast, this all this data is easily retrievable. It's for example, RSS. Let us know about your relative in Fort Scott. Remember, downloading the show, and sure enough, as soon as you said that, we went to RSS.com and we could see the little dot where your relative yep. downloaded our show. So uh, that's easy. And it's free, and you can prove this to people. Go, yeah, you know what? We have this many listeners, and uh, here is our uh, sheet. This is our data. Uh, you're welcome to look at it. So this is how many people we reach. This is all the parts of the country we reach. These are our hotbeds. These are our cold beds. And then it's easier to sell advertising. There are more than 4.25 million podcasts worldwide. The country where podcasting is, uh, podcasting is most popular is South Korea at 53% of the population downloading podcasts. That's over half. Yeah. It's going to get like that here too, Rob, I do believe. Oh, yeah. I, I do too. Spain is the next one at 39%. Ireland is right after them, 37%. Sweden, 35 U.S., 35%. So we're already up to 35%. Italy, 30%. Canada at 29%. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it, Rob? Yeah. 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 yeah uh, that's, uh, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing this report because there's more stuff that I didn't put on here that I learned about podcasting and how they, you know, how people um, advertise and uh, how they get the, you know, people to get a glimpse of the show and stuff. Really interesting. And uh, and it's more that you and I can talk about and some stuff that we could do personally to help us out. So right. anyhow, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. Thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah. Hey, Rob, you got anything you want to uh, go into? Well, yeah, first off. Um, did you hear that Rudolph saved Christmas a while ago? No. 
for Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Their uh, backup quarterback. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I actually got to watch the last two quarters of that game. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. They beat the hell out of the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers beat the Bengals 34-11. They beat the hell out of old uh, Jake Browning. Jake Browning was flying high till this game. Yeah, he was. Three interceptions. Uh, he didn't look so. Uh, um, he didn't look so comfortable and happy on, on the sideline, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, uh, I love the statistic there. And sorry, uh, um, Ruth, Ruth Ann, or something like that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry Ruth, but ha ha. <laughs> Looks like yeah, you. At, at least we can't bash Burroughs. No, no, no. That's because he's doing what he's most consistent at, sitting on the sidelines being hurt. <laughs> and this is at... I did not go there. Oh, I did. I, I did. This is at uh, Carson Palmer. This is at Boomer Esiason. This is at all you fucks to say, oh, he's he's better than Mahomes because of consistency. He's consistently, consistently in the fucking injured reserve. I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. You guys need to shut your blathering fool mouth. Idiots. Anyhow, go ahead. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that Joe Burrow, he, he beats Mahomes cause consistently. Yeah, you know, he's really consistent at being on the sidelines cheering the fucking backup quarterback up. That's what he is. Yeah. He's like, Joe, ow, I hurt myself, Burrow. Lil, Joe, ow, I hurt myself, Burrow. Him, that guy. Yeah, greatest ever. Hi, I'm stupid. I love Joey Burrow. He's the best ever because I'm stupid. Boy, you're in a mood today. <laughs> yes, I am. Fuck every one of you idiots. Okay. Fuck every one of you idiots. Anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Joe Moving Burrow. On. Joe Burrow the best. On. Oh, my God. He's so good. He makes me cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, um, Rudolph saved Pittsburgh's Christmas. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> I'm off that one. Sorry. I, mean, I would just, yeah, I, 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 no, I, Rudolph I, saved Christmas. I just had I, I, I took it too far, didn't I? I ruined it, didn't I? Yes, you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, all right. Uh Charlie Sheen better watch out. Uh-oh. On Wednesday, December 20th, the actor was allegedly attacked by his 47-year-old neighbor after she forced her way into his home, page six confirmed. The woman, who has not been named, was arrested for allegedly choking him during a dispute at his Los Angeles home. Law enforcement sources told TMZ who reported the news first that when Sheen opened the door to the woman, she ripped his shirt and started to grasp at his neck. Following the situation, the woman returned to her home where she was later arrested and booked for assault with a deadly weapon and burglary. Oh, wow. Yeah. This, the incident comes after Sheen said he had turned his life around in the past few years as he's now ditched the booze for good. I'm proud of the choices that I made and the changes 
I made to live a life today that will never look like that mess. That was some alien version of myself. Next month, I'll be six years sober. The star continued, I have a very consistent lifestyle now. It's all about single dad stuff and raising my 14-year-old twin boys, Max and Bob. Cool. Good for you, Charlie. Congratulations. Congratulations. Good. I'm glad he finally fought it. Yeah, I I didn't think he was. I thought he was going to end up dead. I really did. Yeah. So, wow. Good for you, Charlie. Good job. He's he's being a single dad. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, Lexington, Kentucky, the Associated Press. One family got a little something extra when they picked out their own Christmas tree this year. You know what it was? What? An owl. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Lexington resident Michelle White White told uh, KDKY-TV that it's a tradition for the family to pick out a Christmas tree every uh, year. This year seemed no different. They had a tree in their home for four days when they noticed a few branches and lights moving on their own. The family went on. They have uh, three dogs that didn't even seem to notice the bird. The owl must have moved to a lower limb when a family member noticed the owl perched on the tree. The owl was taken to a nature preserve and was in good health. He was freed and uh, and went to go be an owl in the trees. But that's pretty interesting. They had dogs and everything and nobody noticed it for three days. And then finally they're like, hey, anyone ever notice this owl here? So anyhow, um, that's pretty cool. So the owl's doing okay and it is out doing owl things, whatever that is. So. That is cool. Yep. Um, another little tidbit here. Do you know that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is building a secret underground bunker in Kauai, Hawaii? It would not surprise me a bit. Yep, the, he is. The Asbags 50,000 square foot compound called Kula Ranch, K-O-O-L-U, or Kulu actually. Kulu Ranch also boasts 30 bedrooms as well as pools, spas, tennis courts, and conference rooms. Zuck spent about $170 million on land purchases on the island and is building a $100 million, uh, 50,000 square foot compound. So, um, anyhow, um, I don't know what that means, except America's going to be a better place when his ass is gone. And um, uh, coincidentally, former Facebook executive uh, is accused of stealing $4 million. Maybe she is trying to keep up with her boss and building a compound in Kauai, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, could be. Yeah. She'd be like, hey, Zuck is doing that. Why can't I? So, anyhow, um, let's see. uh, Let's take our first break, and I'm going to come back with a little Bill Belichick, Travis Kelsey uh, talk. Sound cool? All right. This sounds good. Okay. It's interesting. We'll be right back. Oh, oh shit. shit, what's, what's that, that over there? there? Oh, oh no, it's this island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. jokes. <laughs> I asked my date to meet me at the gym. She didn't show up. I guess we're not going to work out. 
Hi there, this is Fucknut from Two Fucknuts and a Recorder Podcast. Two Douchebags and a Microphone are our favorite podcast ever. Please, go to your friend's computer and download it from there. Go to your church's computer and download it from there. Go to people you don't know and grab their phones and download it on there. These fuckers need all the help we can get. We are Two Douchebags and a Microphone. As charming as a leaky sewer pipe, two douchebags in a microphone, raw and uncensored. See behind the smoke show. Watch as the douchebags get stung by a swarm of bees. Enjoy one of many coffee houses ordering our heroes out. Watch Mark revisit Clinton, Missouri to claim his innocence for all the mad shitter accusations. Act now and get both high quality DVD sets and a free douchebag calendar. Mark off today with a douchebag looking at you. Supplies are limited, so act now. Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than listen to two douchebags in microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. All right, it's two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Um... There was a rather lengthy exchange between Travis Kelsey and Bill Belichick. It, it's piqued quite a bit of interest. People are like wondering what the hell they were talking about because they, uh, Bill, Bill Belichick actually pulled Kelsey towards towards him to talk to him some more, and it was a very interesting exchange. Um, so, um, uh, since the much noted exchange after the Chiefs' victory in Foxborough, Massachusetts, uh, Kelsey got asked after the game. Did I feel like um, like it was the last time or anything like that? And he said, no. He said, because there's been speculation that he's going to retire or he's going to go to a different team and may not be in the same conference, you know. And uh, he yeah. said, uh, Kelsey said, I was just paying my respects for the 10 years I've been playing against him. I feel he still has some game left in him, and I don't think that he's going to go too far if he goes anywhere. But... Um, it's everybody's under mis, um, not misunderstanding. It's everybody's understanding that Bill Belichick is leaving, and yes, that uh, yeah, yeah, everything I've been reading. Robert Kraft and uh, and the New England Patriots are going to go in a different direction, and that's just what happens sometimes, you know. Belichick's been there a and long he's time. Been there for a very long time. Yes, and he's won a lot very of games long. there. And it's just simply, it's time for him to move on. And I don't think he, you know, Travis Kelsey talked to him for a little bit. And what Travis Kelsey was basically saying is, is no, I don't think he's retired. And I think he still has game left in him. 
But he was just saying, hey, man, it was good playing against you, respect you, and all that stuff. He was being a good yeah. human being, is being a decent human being, but people are like all different kinds of speculations. It's like, what could they have talked about for that long? But Travis Kelsey just basically saying, hey, man, it's good playing against you. If I don't see you, you know, hey, you know, take care, you know, respect you, stuff like that. And, and in return, Bill Belichick threw his respects to Travis Kelsey. So... Um, yeah, so uh, that was all that was, although people love to try to take something like that and balloon it into something it isn't and, you know, and all that stuff. So anyhow, um, uh, I got a question question for you, Rob. Okay, well, well, first off, let me start off like this. The other day, our dominoes opened back up down the road. I guess they just closed down temporarily to kind of get their shit together because they were really not doing good for the last couple of months. That's what you were saying. Yeah, the product was horrible, and, and you couldn't hardly you couldn't get online to order anything. Well, they got all that figured out. It's back open. It seems to be somewhat remodeled, and they seem to have decent help there, and you can get a decent pizza there uh, in, a, in a, you know, in a fairly decent amount of time so um anyhow so i was just remembering something there though um do you remember okay you uh, did part of your growing up in harrisonville your grandparents right yeah yeah okay do you remember a little independent pizza store on commercial it is over there near the daylight donuts yeah yeah it was, it was there oh. for many years. Can you remember the name? I couldn't remember. I, I can't remember the name either, but I'm going to go into a story about it. It's no longer there, but I cannot remember the name of it for nothing like you. It was just a little bitty place, yeah. little hole in the wall. They served great pizza. And, uh, you know, I, we never did have it. Well, we did have it delivered later when we found out something. But, I mean, before, you know, you used to go in there and you'd, they'd have like four chairs there that you could sit down. Um, they had a Pac-Man machine there for a while. Then they had a pinball machine. You know, it was, yeah. you know. And you went to that little pretty much hole in the wall and said, hey, uh, I'm here, you know, uh, for pizza for Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, here you go. You know, extra pepperoni and you know, whatever. So, okay, I knew you'd remember it, but you don't remember the name. Neither do I. But whatever no, is. Okay, so, hey, I'll go into my story. So there was this little independent pizza place on Commercial Street in Harrisonville for years in the 80s. And uh, Rob remembers it like I, but we can't remember the name. Um, so uh, this evil trick started when I decided to call in two pizzas to a friend that had no clue. And I called it in cash on delivery. Because, remember, they, they used to do that there. They, they'd be like, hey, you're going to... you gonna." You're gonna uh, um, you know, you're going to get give me credit card numbers because back then, you know, they had to write them down, the credit card number, and then they had to take that little machine and run them over there. It took a long time. So and then if you just go, hey, I got cash here, they'd be like, OK. So, you know, I was being a dick because I knew that my friend didn't have any money and I was screwing with him, you know. And so I ordered him two pizzas and they show up and everything. And then uh my, my friend calls me, and I was like, oh, fuck, how do you know I did it, you know? And he says, dude, I just got two free pizzas because of mistaken order. I'm like, what, really? He didn't know I did it. The delivery yeah. guy said that um, it's company policy that if we deliver to a wrong address, we are to leave the pizza there as a friendly gesture and to apologize for the mix-up. So the guy left him two pizzas. He didn't have to pay for it, and he apologized for the mix-up. 
Isn't that cool? <laughs> so, so I informed my friend that I was one that called in and that he could get free pizza from this uh, new information. So uh, we tried not to, you know, we, we did it. We tried not to get too greedy. We just, you know, would do a couple of pizzas a week. And then the word got around. Sometimes uh, someone told someone, then someone told someone else in confidence, and then so on. So the last straw was we were having a party at a local uh, party house when some genius decided to order five pizzas. Seemed like it worked. The delivery guy showed up. We said, no, it wasn't us. And, you know, since it was a party, they knew it was us, right? Right. You know, but the policy was you guys get the pizzas for free, and we're sorry. We didn't mean to bother you. Here you go. Thanks a lot. So it seemed like it worked. You know, the delivery guy showed up. We said it wasn't us. He left the food. We all scarfed down the free pizza, and everything was fun and games until the following weekend, and the stunt was abruptly stopped by the order taking demanding a credit card number because there's no more cash on delivery. So we had to go back to starving because uh, the food cannot, you know, cut into our alcohol budget. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, yeah, we got, we got free pizza for a while for that place. And someone somewhere will remember the name of it. And when they do, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But anyhow. Well, hey, we do have a bunch of listeners in Harrisonville. Oh, yeah, that's right. DoucheB66 at Yahoo.com. Send me the name, please. I know one of you guys remember it. I mean, shit. I mean, we got a lot of hits from Harrisonville. We got a lot of listenership there. Someone will remember the name. I think it went out in the early 90s, didn't it? I'm thinking so. They got that Pizza Hut Bistro, I think is what they call it. Remember, it was a weird Pizza Hut. It was right off 71 yeah. Highway, uh, uh, I-49 now, but it was right off 71 Highway. And it said um, Pizza Hut Bistro. Roughly about that time that place opened up, the uh, little pizza parlor shut down. And I right. think, I don't know if it ran it out of business or the, it had been open forever, been open since the 50s, I believe. So they could have just been old and didn't want to do it anymore. Or, you know, maybe Pizza Hut ran them out of business. Although I don't know why, because that pizza there was so much better than Pizza Hut's. But um, anyhow, um, someone... Could it be because everybody was stealing their pizza? Well, they stopped that, you know, when, when that big party and the fucking idiot ordered five of them. Then it was like, when next time we called in, yeah, we need a credit card number. Uh, I don't have a credit card. Sorry. Yeah. You can uh, you can give us a credit card number or you can come in and pay for it here, but we do not do cash on delivery anymore. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, anyhow, yeah, we, we screwed that one up. And the problem yeah. was, is we trusted too many people with that secret. We shouldn't have told right. anybody about it. We should have just kept it to ourselves, and uh, and we'd probably still be doing it. No, they went out, but, you know. Yeah. Anyhow, interesting. You got something you want to go into, Rob? Uh, well, this one goes to all my Lake of the Ozark listeners. Well, our Lake of the Ozark listeners. Okay. Okay, I live in Camden County. This is out of Camden County, Missouri. We're on Lake of the Ozarks. The Camden County Sheriff's Office can no longer use license plate recognition systems. Good. Last week, huh? I said good. Last week, the county commissioners passed a law banning license plate recognition systems 
which was met with some opposition from Sheriff Tony Helms, who says that that this will impede the safety of the community. Helms issued a release on Monday saying the decision undermines the valuable resources of law enforcement. KRCG spoke with him on Wednesday, and he clarified that the recognition systems are not used for ticketing or spying, but play a significant role in making arrests and Amber Alert detection. Some Facebook users disagree with Holmes. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Well, um, the reason I said good is because I think it's too invasive for most people, isn't it? Well, I I don't know. Maybe not. not. Maybe doing anything wrong. What's the big deal? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I'm just taking it like uh, a little bit too far in my own head. Maybe I'm just like you know, can they really do this? Well, I guess I I guess it doesn't really hurt anything. I personally know a lot of people that run vehicles on wrong tags down here and all kinds of shit. Okay, then maybe so, maybe it is a good you thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. All right, well. All right. But it got denied. Okay, well. Because the county don't want it used for ticketing and spying. Well, then I guess it doesn't matter then whether you like it or not. It's yeah, not yeah, gonna, yeah. It's, it, it got denied, so. It's not going to happen, at least not now, so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't have to worry about them down here. Yeah, I find it interesting that they chose that, but okay. Um, yeah, me too. You, I figured they would have kept them. Yeah, I'd, I'd figure too. It would make their job a little bit easier and less personnel, which is probably what they're looking at because everybody has budget problems in this day and age. So. Yeah, they'd, they'd get a lot more revenue off of it. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the biggest part that surprises me right there is because you think that it would yeah. be, yeah. Well, you know what? Well, we're talking about law enforcement. You know, uh, Brazil has uh, new types of prison guards. Did you know that? <clears throat> no, I didn't. Who needs guard dogs when you have guard geese? Perhaps not as intimidating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> geese are mean motherfuckers. They are mean. Yes, they are. They will snap you. They will chase you. They'll hunt you down. They're vengeful. They're ornery little motherfuckers. And I'll tell you what, I would fear a geese just like I would fear a fucking dog. I'm telling you. They are mean. Perhaps. Uh, my, growing up in Belton, my neighbor had one. And if my ball went over that fence, it was gone. <laughs> I would not go get it. Yeah. That son of a bitch would chase me and. Oh my God! <laughs> they are extremely aggressive and they're mean. Yeah, and their and their bills snap. They they hurt. So um, you know, so guard geese maybe not quite as intimidating, uh, you know, as a dog. A gaggle of vigilant honking birds have replaced canines as guard at, at guards at a prison in Brazil's southern state of Santa Catarina. Routers reports. We have electronic surveillance, in-person surveillance, and finally the surveillance of the geese, which replaced the dogs. Marcos Roberto de Souza, director of the penitentiary complex near Phenopolis, 
wow, that sounds like a Greek name, tells uh, tells yeah. the outlet the so-called Greece uh, geese agents led by a male goose named Poo Poo <laughs> patrol on a green space between the prison's inner fence and the main outer wall. If anything is amiss, they sound the alarm by honking. It's not a new idea. A decade-old report from a New China TV describes how goose squads were organized to monitor 12 rural police stations in China's uh, Zhangqing region. If someone climbs over the wall, the geese will start to honk and try to bite the stranger, a police officer told the outlet, which described the animals as highly cautious, especially at night. A gaggle of 500 geese also helped guard China's border with Vietnam as the COVID-19 pandemic raged. As National Geographic reported last year, the outlet explained geese are thought to be among the oldest domesticated animals with a rich history of assisting in security. One gaggle was even credited with temp, uh, uh, trumpeting the alert to, of, uh, and saving Rome from a secret uh, Gaul invasion in 390 B.C. when sleeping geese can uh, leave one side of the brain awake and the eye, uh, and the eye connected uh, to it open to detect threats. So I already knew this, but one goose... Uh, geese have one eye shut and one eye open to detect from threats. They can close down one part of their brain, have one part open, so they can be asleep, but the open eye can actually detect something coming at them. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. So a rare phenomenon known as emphatic um, slow-wave sleep per the outlet Geese are also cheaper to keep than dogs. They basically take care of themselves, feeding on grass and not requiring veterinarian care, uh, per Nat Geo. Not even a prison is suited to uh, to geese guards, but the penitentiary complex near uh, Florantopus is a very silent place at night, even more so, Salza tells routers. Geese are known to have excellent hearing as well as excellent eyesight, according to zoologists. Dogs have the upper hand when it comes to scent, however. So I guess uh, geese can't smell as good as dogs, but they sleep with one eye open. So there you go. Interesting, huh? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, um, let's see. Um, Starbucks is uh, having some problems again. Yeah, Again. yeah, you know they're having that union busting stuff going on. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. Well, here's what's going on with Starbucks now. Last weekend, Starbucks got a report that a New York store had been spray painted with pro-Palestinian graffiti. A few hours later, at a store eight blocks away, a customer berated employees, accusing the brand of being anti-Israel. It's been a tough few weeks for the world's largest coffee company. At a time when it hoped to be spreading holiday cheer and peppermint mochas, it's juggling boycotts over the war in the Middle East and a unionization effort at home. Gabrielle Blake, a student at Kent State University in Ohio, said it's been tough to get her caffeine fix without stopping at one of the Starbucks stores on campus, 
but she's been boycotting the company since October when it sued, oh, sued Workers United, the union organizing its employees, because the union had posted a pro-Palestinian message on social media. The union did. Starbucks wanted to... Why uh, would they do that? I don't know. Uh, none of this makes that much sense at all. And when I read it, I was like, what the fuck? So... Starbucks wanted to stop the union from using its name and logo, saying the company had no official stance on the war and the union's post might confuse customers. But many boycotters like Blake thought Starbucks should offer more support to the people of Gaza. I understand on a corporate level why they wanted to uh, agitate the damage, mitigate the damage. I'm sorry, I said agitate to mitigate that the that damage. But on the humanity level, it's horrible, she said. I personally try to consume and do things uh, in a way that I'm not disregarding other people's pain when I'm purchasing something. In an open letter to employees Tuesday, Starbucks CEO Laxman Northman denied the vandalism of stores and escalating protests in the U.S. and abroad. While I am grateful for so much, I am concerned that the state of the world we live in, there are conflicts in many parts. It has unleashed violence against the innocent, hate and weaponized speech and lies, all of which we condemn, he wrote. Our stance is clear. We stand for humanity. But Blake said she would rather see Starbucks take measures like calling for a ceasefire or sending aid to the people of Gaza. She also thinks the company should drop its lawsuit. So, um, anyhow, Seattle-based Starbucks won't say how its sales have been impacted. The company's next quarterly sales report won't come out until February, but there are indications Starbucks has taken a sales hit. In early December, report J.P. Morgan analyst John Evoke, uh, lowered his U.S. sales forecast for Starbucks fiscal first quarter, saying holiday sales appear to be slower than pr- promotions in the fall. Starbucks uh, share price tumbled on the news. Meanwhile, videos posted on X show protests in empty stores in London, Australia, Dubai, and elsewhere. Starbucks has also been offering more deals than usual to draw customers like half-price drinks on Thursdays. In some cases, like the Workers United lawsuit, Starbucks issues have been self-inflicted. The company re, uh, refiled the lawsuit in November to add language saying it respected workers' right to express their views in the war in the Middle East. Now, here's what I got to say about Starbucks right here. I don't feel one but sorry for him, you know, because it wasn't that long ago where Starbucks was accusing basically every white man of hating gays and every other, um, for the way I understood it from what I read, um, they were... Yeah. They were pointing all different kinds of fingers at everybody. And I took exception to that because I don't hate gays. I don't hate no, African. I don't hate, I don't hate African Americans. I don't hate anybody that does not bother me. And I took exception to what was said. So I don't feel sorry for Starbucks because here's what the deal. After I heard some of that shit that their CEO was saying, and he's saying if you're a white straight male, we don't need your business. Okay then, you know what? Fuck you. Here's the deal. How you like the foot being on how you like the shoe being on your foot now? You're the one accused of being hate, and now all of a sudden it's a big tragedy. Fuck you, Starbucks. I think it's funny and I hope you go under. Because you guys, in my opinion, are pieces of shit. Your fucking CEO mouthed off and now he's stepping in shit. Enjoy your shit. Anyhow. 
All right. Okay. Grand complete. Well, uh, here's my stance on that. Yeah, please. I, I, I have four brothers. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. My baby brother is yeah. gay. Okay. And I am proud of him. Mm-hmm. Of okay. course. That's yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I totally understand your point. Yeah, I, no. I um it really irritated the piss out of me when I heard this fucking mushmouth fucking CEO saying all this shit. I'm like, man, yeah. fuck you, man. You don't know me. You don't know who I am. You know, it, it you talk about like hate speech. That's what that guy was spewing out. That's yeah, hate speech. Like when you lump everybody into one category and say everybody of a certain category feels and thinks this way, you are saying hate speech yourself. So, anyhow, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm glad someone accused you of some shit. Now. Hey, are, isn't Starbucks in our ass-palling Hall of Fame? Yes, they are, and they're going to they're gonna stay there. Yep. Yeah, so, anyhow, uh, you want to take a break, and you got something you want to get to, Rob? Yeah, let's uh, take a break, and we'll come back. To another American songwriter. Ooh, nice. Okay. Let's lighten the mood. Let's lighten it up a little bit. All right. The apocalypse just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. Wild asparagus is plentiful and easy to find. It can be stewed with garlic and onion, which is both wild, which can be easily found, in a very tasty post-apocalypse food. You can make this into a delicious stew, and this will hold you over at least for a couple of days until you can find some other food. Next up, Things Overheard in Hell. Baseball's third season of the year begins tonight. Yay! And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Should I record frog sounds in the summer, then play them when it's zero degrees on my ring doorbell for the Amazon guy? Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like fun. If someone intimidates you, just imagine them on a table being wiped like a baby. Open up for wet wipey. Thanks, microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Real quick, I want to say everything is allegedly that we have said. Just to cover our asses, everything about Starbucks, allegedly, from what we understand, if we're wrong, we're sorry. But I encourage everyone to look this stuff up for yourself. So if we said something wrong, look it up, and then you can send me an email at doucheb66 and tell me I'm a fuckhead. Doucheb66 at yahoo.com. So, all right, you said you have uh, American Songwriters... Yes, yes, and which everybody can go and look up American Songwriter. I don't. On the internet. I don't because I want your reports to be a surprise. I could, but I don't. Right. You're telling them to me, right, so right. I don't need to. You're doing the. You're doing all the footwork. I'm just sitting back here relaxing. Yeah. Oh, and let me tell you, they they come out with a bunch. I can't cover all of them. Oh, well, maybe I do need to read them then. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this one, it, it's 
It's seven must-listen-to albums from the 70s. Okay. And, uh, okay, some of them, you know they're going to be there. You know, mm-hmm. At least a couple of them. But they threw some in there. I was like, all right, I like that. Of course they did. It's American songwriters. They always throw that what? <laughs> they always <laughs> they always do that one where you're, like, you're doing the RCA Victor going, huh? <laughs> I love them. Whoever they are, oh, I yeah. love them. They're great. These are seven must-listen-to albums of the 70s. I can't wait First to hear one, this. Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Uh, okay, we knew, yeah, you know we knew. We knew that was going to be there. Yep. 1973. Is that when it was released, really? Yeah. Oh my God! I got to know that album so much later than when it was released. I had no idea when it was actually released. Never even bothered yeah, to look. 1973. Wow. Well, that's what this is saying. Wow. No, I believe it. I believe it. Oh, okay. Up next, Led Zeppelin IV. Okay, that's predictable too. Yeah. 1971. I'm, like I said, there's a couple. Oh, like you know, the thing is, is I love Led Zeppelin IV, but Led Zeppelin has so many greater albums than four. Four gets all the pub because of Stairway to Heaven. Right. But it's still a great album, but man, Physical Graffiti is one of the best albums ever written, simply it, end of everything. Physical Graffiti is a double album of all new material that they released. (laughs) I I mean, rarely, you never got a double album back then unless it was like, you know, like a live double album or something. But Led Zeppelin came out and said, nah, we have so many songs, we're going to do a double album, guys, and it's not live, it's not repeats. Yeah, physical graffiti is excellent. I mean, and then side two, there's so much stuff yeah. on side two on that, like the rover, and just uh, it's just amazing. Anyhow, go ahead. Okay, up next, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie. Uh, that is not my favorite Bowie period, but okay, I can't Nin- argue. 1972. Well, mine either. Mine either. I enjoyed Ziggy Stardust, but I like Bowie not being Ziggy Stardust better. But that's cool. That's cool. I, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. Bowie had some incredible stuff, but I never considered Stardust some of his best work. Uh, that's just me, yeah. though. I know other people think I'm insane by saying that. So. All right. Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Oh, that's a good one. 1976. Who could argue with that? Honestly. Like I said, they, they're throwing ones that, yeah, okay. I get it. Okay, number five, I, I see this one being there. Okay. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 1977. I, one of the unsung heroes. And that album is Lindsey Buckingham. That guitar work on there is just fucking mind-boggling. It's it's not finger-tapping. It's not mind-blowing fret work. The songwriting that Lindsey Buckingham did on that whole album, just insanely, just so well-written and just, like, thought-provoking when you hear it. It's like whenever you hear his uh, riffs put together, because he never played electric guitar until Fleetwood Mac. He always played acoustic. Did you know that? 
than when he joined. Oh, I did not know that. No, Mick Fleetwood said, no, he said, we'd love to have you, but we have electric guitar in this band, and you need to play electric guitar, and he almost didn't join, um, but he joined, and I forgot, there's some sort of a deal with, like, they gave him, offered him extra money or something, because Mick Fleetwood knew that that guy was so talented, so... Anyhow, yeah, I mean, Lindsey Buckingham, I think, was unsung hero on that whole thing. But go ahead. Rumors was a great album. Yes, I, I agree. Up next, Never Mind the Bullets. Here's the Sex Pistols. <sighs> okay. 1977. I, I don't think it should be in the in that list, but okay. I mean, yeah, it was good. Yeah, punk is cool. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of raw emotion. But to be put in that yeah, sacred... I, I see kind of what they're doing here. They're covering different genres. I I, I get it. Okay. All right, man. Yeah. And I, I'm seeing what they're doing here now. And, and never mind the Bullocks. you got to go with that one because that was their uh, template for everything they ever did. So... Yeah, see, we got Stevie Wonder, Fleetwood Mac. And Sid Vicious. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you're right. They're, yeah, they're going everywhere. They're all yeah. over genres. Okay, yeah. I see what they're doing. Okay, it's cool. It's cool. Okay, and the final one, Blue by Joni Mitchell. <laughs> they did cover everything. Yes, they did. Uh, yes, they did. Okay, yeah, that's a cool album. That, that was in 1971, by the way. 71? Joni Mitchell, wow. Yeah. I would have never thought that, but okay. Nice. Good if, job, Rob. If you like folk and blues. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, like I said, yeah. most of those albums I would not have put on that list, but I'm not everybody. And also, they're right, kind of, right. you know. So, all right. I, I, I commend them. It was a very interesting, well-thought-of list. So, um, I thought Fleetwood Mac Rumors was bravo on that one. I could not agree yes, more. Me too. That whole album is just so uniquely written. Uh, it's it's perfect. Um, uh, do you ever wonder about the Miller High Life chick? You know, the one in the beautiful, I think, Latina type Mexican dress with the sombrero and the boots hanging from oh, the. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Real classy, hanging from the moon with a, a Chapagnaya beers. Yeah. On December 30, Miller High Life will celebrate its 120th birthday. When it was launched, Milwaukee's Miller Brewing Company was already serving other beers throughout the Midwest. Miller High Life was meant to be a different than those. Daniel Shelson, an archivist for the company, explained in a Molson Coors blog post. Instead of being advertised as a tavern or saloon serving Schlotzlin said, uh, Miller High Life was presented as a beer to appear on the tables of the best restaurants in the city or the country. Three years after its 1903 launch, a woman dressed in an apparent circus costume was added to the advertising kit for Miller High Life. She stood on a High Life crate while carrying a tray of the beer. Another Molson Coors blog post explains, a year later the woman was put on a crescent moon, becoming the icon that we know today. There are several origin stories for the Miller High Life lady. She may have been based on a member of the Miller family, some say. 
while others point to Mexican artwork the Bruin family acquired. Maybe the best story you'll hear, though, is the best Wisconsin lore of all. As Molson Coors and the tour guides at its Milwaukee facility explains, when Miller High Life's advertising campaign was still in the works, advertising executive A.C. Paul went on a hunting trip in northern Wisconsin. While out, Paul became lost in the woods. As he tried to find his way, he reportedly had a vision of a woman perched upon the moon, which helped him back to safety. In this um, origin, whether this story is true is unclear, how the vision became the real girl on the moon. Yet, there is yet another possible origin, too. Linda Hoffman, a nurse at the Mental Smith for Milwaukee, told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that she believes her great-uncle Thomas Wallace Holmes is to thank for the girl in the moon. Hoffman believes he used her grandmother as a model for the Miller High Life lady on the moon, and her great-aunt was a model for the aforementioned woman standing on the crate. Still, Molson Coors says the girl in the moon's identity is unknown. It's hard to pin down her exact origins, but that lends a little more mystery to her as a figure, Schlotzen says. After briefly being removed from bottles and cans of Miller High Life, the girl on the moon returned in 1998 and has remained ever since. And I love it. I'm glad that they leave her on there. Because I think it is cool. It's nostalgic. It makes me actually want to... I, I don't drink Miller. I, I'm a big Yinling fan, of course. You know, we all know this. Right. Um, but if I was to drink the regular beer like that, um, I would probably drink a Miller just because of the can having her on it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. So, anyhow... Um, we we can go into this a little bit here. We got about seven or eight minutes left. Do you have anything you really want to get to, Rob? Nothing pressing. Okay. Oh, real uh, quick. I could come up with something if I need to. Okay, real quick. I want to come up with something. I was going to go into this uh, TikTok at work article and and how people are pissed off, but okay. I got to address the email I got yesterday. Someone is having real fucking fun at my expense. They claim to be the mad crop duster, and they said they... Oh, he struck again. He struck again. It has to be him, because somebody crop dusted me again at work, and sure enough, the next day, I got a ha-ha, I got you email. So, Rob, I don't know what to do about this. This fucker is shitting all over me, and I don't know who it is. Yeah, I know. I'm getting snapping mad here. I'm getting shit on all the time now, and I'm getting looked at like I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, I'm fucked. I know. I gotta catch this fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sent me a nice little email. He he he. I shit on you again. Did you smell it, bitch? Like, you motherfucker. Yes, I did. My fucking nostril hairs are burnt off now because of that fucker. So. I got, I got away, catching. Oh, yeah? And I don't know if we want to say it on the air because then he'll know. Oh, shit. 
Hang on, hang on. Let, let me pause this, and then we'll come right back, okay? All right, everybody, you're going to hear a clipping because I'm going to pause this. I'm going to listen to Rob's plan, and I'm going to come back and give you a yay or a nay on it, okay? Hang on. We'll be right back, guys. All right, Rob. I love that idea. All right, yeah, Mr. Yeah. All right, Mr. Pants Shitter. Rob got a good one for you. We're going to find you. We're going to hunt you. We're going to hunt you down, and I'm going to hold you down, and I'm going to shit all over your face. I am going to shit all over you. You're going to be sticky with uh, with uh, shit shit juice all over you. Isn't that true, Rob? Yes, you are. Yep. Thank you, Rob. We're going to know who you are here really quick. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's uh, let's close. I told, it. I told you I still got it in me. <laughs> that was a good, I love that one. I'm going to do it. Stay tuned, everybody. I'm going to let you know about my successful attempt at catching him here real soon. <laughs> I love that. It was very simple, too. Yeah. Excellent. Um, real quick, we're going to cap off tonight's podcast with uh, one more thing. Um, this is Geezer Butler, and he's pretty upset at Ozzy. Um uh-oh. Yeah. Rumor has it, this is Geezer Butler, what he wrote on uh, Insta and uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Geezer wrote this. Rumor has it, Ozzy upset, saying he never received my get well messages. I made two different attempts at getting in touch during his illness. My first email, 8th of February 2019, went through his office because I didn't have Ozzy's new number to text him. Sharon responded, but I didn't hear back from Ozzy. Eleven months later, 21st of January 2020, I emailed Sharon to check on Oz. That email went unanswered. I don't want to engage in a tit-for-tat. Having made two attempts to wish Ozzy well without a reply, I figure it's best to privately keep him in my thoughts. So, because Ozzy was saying that he was like really kind of... Uh, upset that geezer butler never reached out to him while he was ill and then geezer butler got a hold of that and he's like wait a minute he said no 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 he said i sent you a couple of emails sharon got that one of them and then the other one was unanswered so uh because he didn't have his new um phone number so um geezer say man he's like look i tried but I never got an answer, so he's pretty much telling Ozzy, dude, I tried to, but you know what? I got no answer, so anyhow, um, they had some differences, I guess. Um, Geezer Butler's wife is his manager. Ozzy's manager is his wife, and they haven't been getting along really well ever since the Sabbath reunion, the way the money was cut and everything. I guess they didn't like it, some of the other stuff that was going on. And it sounds to me like they've been kind of, that the two women have been feuding and the two guys have been playing together, right? So, yeah, yeah so like he said, it's a tit-for-tat thing and it's unfortunate and it's unfortunate that uh, he sent those emails and it didn't get answered. And I, you know, I think I believe him. I don't think he would have lied because if he was mad at Oz, he would have just said, you know what? No, I didn't send him an email because I didn't care. But he said that he did. And he said that Sharon answered one of them. Then she didn't answer the other one. So, you know what, Geezer, if I were you, I would just, you said it. You said what was going on. If Ozzy really wants to address it, he will take it up with Sharon 
and uh, you did everything you could. So anyhow, geezer, I yeah. think I think you're exonerated from this whole um, bullshit. So anyhow, all right, Rob, you got anything you want to add tonight? All right, everybody have a Merry Christmas. Um, thank yes. you thank you Merry for tuning Christmas, in. Um, I, I haven't had a lot of time to prepare for this podcast. I think I sounded kind of, I don't know, I think I was a little bit off on most of it, so I apologize. Um, I'll be ready and back in the ring on the next one, I'm sure. So, anyhow, do you notice I was off? Mm, not, not too much. I mean, maybe a little bit. Okay, yeah, I, I was off. I I think so, but anyhow, next one will rebound. I'll rebound. Rob wasn't off. Rob was doing great. I I I was well, off hey, this whole it, podcast. It's been a busy week. Yes, it, it has. Before Christmas, much busier than I thought, and also a lot going on. Yep. Days, so. Yeah, and also we got the cruise coming up here in forty days, and 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 yeah. finalizing some stuff on that too that's been just insane too so been really really busy so this next one i'm going to be ready for and everybody have a good night thank you for listening bye good night everybody hey where'd everybody go we're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.